apparently the 2023 MLB All-Star Game is tonight, but to that I say nay! I do not recognize this All-Star Game because Fernando Tatis Jr. was left off the roster. He was blacklisted from the MLB All-Star roster, and he's a snub. And even though we use that word too much, I think it applies here, and we're going to talk about why. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, July 11th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, or soon to be Threads. I think I'm going to finally hop on there soon, because who knows what's going on with Twitter. You know, am I right? You know what I mean? It's crazy out here on, in these in these blue bird app woods and streets. Crazy stuff, guys. Uh, and also, remember, you can check out the YouTube, which is really great. Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Close to 1,000 subscribers. Might actually have 1,000, and I forgot to check, because I am a fool. Uh, but go subscribe on YouTube regardless. That is really cool if you want to see whatever hat I'm wearing and what have you. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price is guaranteed. Go check out Game Time. Today's episode, guys, is a nice little special one because I've been told, I was told, by many people, many, many very reputable and great, smart people that... The All-Star Game is tonight, and I simply choose to ignore it. Not really, I'll still be watching baseball, still my job. But I feel as though this needs to be discussed. We talked about on yesterday's episode, or maybe even an episode before, uh, or maybe just on Twitter, that Blake Snell is probably a snub um, from the All-Star team. That he's been playing really well. Uh, we talked about that yesterday, and we talked about all the stats that back it up, and just kind of the... His strikeout percentage and his ERA being so low that it's kind of rare that people like him get left off. Yeah, I think he's a little bit of a snub, but I also think that we overuse that word a lot, and I didn't necessarily find a player outside Josiah Gray that I felt was like, this player does not deserve it. I don't care if he's been a little bit better than you know some of these other pitchers that made the roster, because bottom line, I respect people who say, you know what, he was really bad to start, and I like some of these other guys that were a little bit more consistent. That's totally fine. In the case of Fernando Tatis Jr. El Nino, whatever whatever you want to call him, the goober, as I once called him, and that, that phrase, that term, is going to be relevant for today's episode for sure, he was left off the roster. Very recently, over at JustBaseball.com, you can go check that out. I'm going to leave a link to the article in the description, just in case you're a reader, but we're going to be summarizing that article a little bit here. Uh, but you still, still go check it out, share it, do whatever. I'd appreciate it. That'd be awesome where I wrote about why I think it is pretty dumb that Fernando Tatis Jr. did not make the roster. Yeah, I guess that you could say Snell's deserved it too, but I think that the Tatis thing is dumb because I feel that it is mostly entirely predicated on some things that I just find to be, when you break them down, to be reasons that shouldn't be why you just disregard a player for so long. Before we get into those exact reasons, though, I do want to talk about Tatis' season from afar and just how he's been doing overall. 
And he's been doing great. Like, let's be very clear. He's been doing great this year. He is currently slashing 288 with a 346 on base and a 525 slugging. The slugging being there is a big part, especially considering the shoulder surgery. Love to see that from our guy. And he has a 137 WRC plus, which is also excellent, and a 3.4 total uh, F4 mark, which puts him tied for... He's around the 10th mark. I don't know. He's top 10 in F4, basically, is w- w- what we should say. There's there's a whole lot of ties going on because that's what happens with F4, you know, if you're still early in the season. it's There's going to be a lot of 3.4s and 3.8s, you know what I mean, or 4.3s or whatever you want to have it. Uh, that's just how it's, it usually shakes out. Um, on top of that, I think that it should be mentioned that Tatis has played only 70 games so far this year, while most of the other players that are top 20 or so in the F4 leaderboards have played upwards of 90, um, 89 on average, right? Like they've played at least at minimum about 15 more games than him yet. He still has 16 home runs. He's got 14 stolen bases. He's probably going to have a 30-30 season. That's what it looks like he might do, um, which is impressive considering the shoulder surgery that he had um, this offseason. I think that that cannot be understated. So he's been very, very good. The only thing about his game so far that is worth complaining about is his like a little bit impatient at the plate doesn't have the same on base percentage it's down by about 30 points um like i said 346 he's around like a 370 maybe 360 guy historically and part of that is because he's been swinging at more pitches this year than usual he's been swinging at everything and because he's so talented it's been okay and he could reach those pitches and he can make it on base because of his speed sometimes like that is a big part of this but um you know it's just one flaw in his game and also even more remarkably, is that he's become an amazing defender this year. I've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast, but the fact that this is a guy who was pretty bad um, at shortstop. I don't think he was as bad as some other folks will say. I think Dodgers fans liked bringing it up a little bit too much while Corey Seager was actually infinitely worse at short. But I think Tatis, considering all the drama, considering that he wasn't good at shortstop, considering all the you know the injuries and the suspensions that we're going to get to in a little bit, for him to come back and be able to move to right field and just have it be seamless, like he's always like that was his position all along, is really impressive. He's currently leading all of baseball in defensive runs saved with 15, and his seven outs above average mark is tied for the third best among all outfielders and second among National League outfielders. He's been great. The defensive run saved, that's a lot because of just so many outfield assists. I don't know if it's going to stay that way the entire time for the rest of the year because maybe people are going to learn not to run on this guy. He's had a lot of guys that he's thrown out. He's had some really great catches. He tracks the ball. He looks like a gazelle out there where I've compared and said sometimes that Juan Soto looks like a tree that just is trying to move in the outfield. Uh, just Fernando Tatis Jr. looks like a gazelle. In the outfield, like just getting to balls really quickly, having great reaction time outside an error. I think it was in the was it the Angels series when he allowed a run to score because he bobbled the ball out in right field. Aside from that, basically pitch perfect defense. So he's a two way player. And I think that that's a really important part to bring up when we're talking about alleged snubs for all-star stuff, right? There are plenty of guys that make it, understandably, because offense is such a big part of the game as well. It's probably bigger to be an offensive player that some guys just aren't as good two-way players, right? You know what I mean? Like, there, there's just going to be some out there that aren't as good uh, defensively. Um, Juan Soto being one of them, right? Like, he's not the best defender in the world. Um, you know, some might even argue someone like Mike Trout, you know, might has, has fallen off a little bit in that department. But for, the, and Radio Rosarena, there's that, that's just some players that come to mind. But it's okay. I get it. Offense is important. But I just think that considering how good he's been at the plate and 
defensively that he deserves to be brought up. And like I said, he's 10th. He's in the top 10 in F4. Only himself and Francisco Lindor, in terms of people in the top 15 of F4, were left off the roster. Um, there's a couple others if you go past that, like Christian Yelich. Um, Hassan Kim is actually 18th in F4, which is crazy. I know, really crazy when you think about it, but... That's defense is great, man. Um, Dansby Swanson, another one. But in terms of the top 15, Francisco Lindor is the only one that didn't make it. And Lindor, uh, at least there's a little bit of an understandability because a lot of his F4 total is, you know, inflated or helped out because of being one of the best defenders in baseball. And in terms of his offense, he's been a lot better lately, but it happens later. You know what I mean? He's only started heating up somewhat recently. I think he has, well, let's see right now. I'm actually going to look. He's like a 121 WRC plus, let me see. He has 120 WRC plus, and that's that's really good. That's solid, especially if your defense is great. But it's understandable why Lindor might not make it because defense isn't necessarily as flashy and going to make all the headlines as the guy who's smoking home runs and stuff, right? Like a Nick Castellanos, for example, who we'll get to in a little bit. Um, it's also worth pointing out, I remember that I talked about this in the offseason as well, that there was a nice article written um, over on Fangraphs by Jeff Zimmerman who basically had tweeted out something being like, you know, it started by him saying, you know, hitters with a torn labrum in their shoulder, which is what Tatis had. You know, guys like Jake Myers, he never came back, uh, right? Or didn't come back yet, I should say, at the time in 2021. Greg Bird, it might have ended his career. That was in 2016. Devin Mezzarocco, Derrick Barton, uh, Jorge Posada, who had a partial tear, was decent for a little bit and then faded. Jesus Flores had a career ender, and that prompted him to write the article. And I was looking back on it again because I cited it a lot this offseason as an example of occasionally fandom getting a little bit out of control, right? Where people were looking at this article and saying, you're an idiot for thinking Tatis is going to be worse. You know what I mean? How dare you? He is built different. And don't get me wrong, he do be built different. I mean, clearly by these numbers so far. But I thought that it was a very fair article. And I thought that it's aged pretty interestingly. Before we get into that, because I'm already blabbering my mouth too much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. As usual, let me just talk to you real quick about game time. Yeah, I mentioned at the top of the show, guys, what I love about game time more than anything else is they're just always there for you, man. Even if it's the last minute, they have all these flash deals that are going to pop up, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event. That's right, not just, you're listening to a sports podcast, but it's not just sports. They got music, they got comedy shows, they got theater, theater! They have all sort of stuff for you. You know what I mean? That's what's so great about it. And I love also that they give you like these um, seat views, like an image, because I'm a visual learner. So love that. Um, go check that out. The game time guarantee also always means you'll get the best price, prices. And if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the distance difference. Distance. Imagine distance. That'd be, that'd be something, right? I don't know what that would mean. Like, move you up or something? I don't know. But the difference, it's really cool. So don't worry about, like, if you want to snag a ticket early and then you realize something else became available, say, for your Taylor Swift concert. I don't think she's touring here anymore. Is she? I Maybe. Whatever. Maybe, I think she's in Cincinnati right now. But if you've got an early seat and then you realize it's not, you know, you could get a better one. Don't worry. They help you out there. Um, so just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase as a little treat just for listening to your favorite jester-headed uh, Padres podcaster, guys. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed over at Game Time. And just like that, we are back 
Ladies and gentlemen, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast, the greatest podcast in the world, dare I say. Remember, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. Go, go, blah, blah, blah. Let's continue talking. And we were mentioning this this Jeff Zimmerman article that I find really interesting to go back and read it. You know, and then some of the other tweets that he has in there. There's likely been more than that. Will he be a top five player? Probably not. Is he still a top 100 player? Yes. That from Jesse Morris, uh, medical doctor or whatever. People were saying busted shoulder equals compromised power every time. Upton, Sandoval, Hanley, among others, you know, rough track record. Hitters talk about losing extension and swings. And then, shouts to Giannis Antigatapoodle on Twitter, at Too Much Mortons, who was also quoted in this article. Um, and uh, what's, uh, Zimmerman kind of like almost made fun of him, basically being like, here's the reasoning behind other people who bring up examples, and then here's this guy who was just like, he's different, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, a little bit of a shout at our guy. If you're on Padres Twitter, you know who I'm talking about. Um, and another thing that they brought up in this article is they had like a, a graph. And this is why I like the article, because I thought that it really illustrated that it's this wasn't saying that Tatis is going to be bad. It's just that he's going to have a little bit of a decline. And it's kind of been true. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. back during his MVP kind of campaign at a 155 WRC plus, And this year, He's currently sitting at 137. That's not bad, let me be clear, but it was worth p- putting up that, yeah, he might lose a little bit. And be considering the suspension and all these things, like he would still have to, you know, get back into the swing of things, that I think it was totally fair for people to go out, especially with this article kind of pointing out some other players. Josh Jung, who's now good, but the first year after, and this article also, importantly, was about the first year, not for his career, but the first year, Josh Jung back in AAA before he came up with the Rangers, he had a 166 WRC plus and then a 104 after that surgery. Matt Kemp, 159 to 129. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez, 149 to 136. Not a huge drop-off, but still. Greg Bird, 138 to 84. Uh, Justin Upton is kind of one of the rare ones, actually. In 2009, he had a surgery to fix a labrum tear in his left shoulder, 120 to 126 the next year. So you get my point. For the most part, guys who have had these sort of injuries have gotten a little bit worse at the plate, and that's been the case for Tatis in this first year. I don't think it matters, and I think this article did not also realize, and I don't think this is Jeff's fault, that Tatis would be such a plus defender, right? And that's what's happened is he's been so incredible on that side of the ball that even if he's lost a little bit when it comes to his offense and his pop and just being a little bit more consistent at the plate, not swinging on first pitches as much, blah, 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 that the defense has made up for it, you know what I mean? And that's been such a, a great relief, and that's why he's still top 10 in F4. Uh, if someone told you, I don't think a lot of us thought that if you told someone they'd be top 10 in F4, uh, Tatis would be top 10. I think a lot of people would be like, wow, he didn't lose a step at the plate. It's like, no, it's actually, he did lose a little bit of a step, but his defense has been so incredible. So Tatis deserves so much credit. Melvin has been praising him. He mentioned that he's just such a, a guy that will play at any you know part in the lineup, that he doesn't complain. He's been all this stuff. Seems like he's really atoned for whatever his perceived sins were prior to the season. That's now our cue to get into the rest and why I think that this is really dumb. And this is what I talked about in the article. I think that in baseball in particular, there's this antiquated sense of morality and this really just, it's, it's silly. I think when we do this a lot and I think that that's the real reason. And I think a lot of people would agree that Tatis didn't make it on the all-star team, whether it be because of fan vote or it be because of the player MLB commissioner decision. I forgot what it is that determines kind of the last things that that's probably one of the biggest reasons and people didn't want to vote for him or vice versa. And to me, I think that that is 
a little bit unfair. Don't get me wrong. He did deserve and still does deserve to be criticized for what he did. I mean, it hurt the Padres. At the very minimum, it hurt the Padres a lot. They went all in for Juan Soto. Maybe. Do they still do that if they knew Tatis wasn't going to be returning to them for the rest of the year? I don't know. I'm just saying we don't know for sure. Uh, were that other world dimension, you know, that other universe, was it a canon event? You know what I mean? I don't know, but that is kind of the case. And, you know, I think he deserves criticism for that. And I think players are more than welcome to criticize someone who is essentially, uh, I mean, yeah, he's ostensibly their peer, right? Like those are people who are a little bit more connected very directly to what happens if you cheat or take a performance enhancing drug, whatever. And I think it's totally fine if players do it. My issue is with fans and people around baseball. Right. I just feel like fans love to suddenly be the arbiters of morality when it comes to people cheating in sports, but not necessarily in other areas. And let me be very clear. I don't want to like necessarily talk about some of the other players we have out there, but I'm just going to say, yeah, it's a little bit weird for fans. I think it gets a lot dicier with players. These are, you know, what I mean, it's a little bit different. But say someone has really bad off the field issues. Say you are good example. Domingo Herman who I'm at a Yankees game a couple months ago, and they're all booing the crap out of Tatis. And in the back of my mind, this is the same team that cheered for Jason Giambi, cheered for Alex Rodriguez, cheered for, I don't know, Josh Donaldson after the Tim Anderson situation, if we want to bring some off-field stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I feel like fans are the ones that anger me when they are the ones that are getting super, like, attacking and very vindictive with things like this. Because I feel like, If this guy was on your team, you'd be cheering for him. And I'm not necessarily saying you have to be uproarious or you have to be as liberal as I am with people who have been caught using performance-enhancing drugs, where my thing is, he got suspended. He did the crime, crime, and he, he, he paid his due, right? Like, he got his suspension. He was embarrassed by everybody. If he ever gets caught again, like, that's going to be even worse. But I just think that this isn't the worst thing in the world to happen. And these same Yankees fans, I guarantee you, were cheering up and down when Domingo Herman, who, for people who don't know, he had this whole assault thing that happened after Yankees was either a charity event or a party to the point where his now wife had to, you know, hide in a closet and they had to call up a teammate. Like it was, it was a really bad story and really awful. And it's totally understandable if people are really upset. And I'm not saying you have to be actively hating the guy all the time, but again, that's where I think there's a little bit of a, and I think this word gets tossed around way too much. Um, a little bit unfairly sometimes these days, but it's pretty hypocritical to me. So that's why I don't like it when fans all of a sudden decide that this is their thing, that they're going to hate on, right? Just a little too much for me. And as far as I'm concerned, baseball has never been pure. And I'm talking in so many different ways it's never been pure. From just the fact that there is all these dumb unwritten rules. You saw what happened with Ellie De La Cruz last week. Manager throws a fit because he has some like tracker thing on his bat. It's not cheating, but they still get mad. You have Freddie Freeman, an enemy of your boy, who I've brought up, Dodger, of course, uh, who I've brought up when he had his comments about Ronald Acuna, that he told him not that his hair shouldn't be that long, or that the eye black, or the chain, or the way he wears his hat. I'm like, I don't think a dude named Freddie Freeman should be telling a black person what to do a person of color like I don't think you should be doing that uh like that comes off really weird and then the factor of baseball not being pure in the sense of y'all really want to sit here and tell me that everybody in the hall of fame is clean come on now come on I mean, and this starts from the early 2000s when the, the list came out and it was supposed to be an anonymous survey and then a couple names leaked out. It was originally supposed to be anonymous and it wasn't immediately illegal. So there's just all these things. And not to mention Tony Reale of Around the Horn, when he brought up 
we're talking about asterisks and whatnot. How about this for an asterisk? An entire race of people were not allowed to play the game. As far as I'm concerned, that puts an asterisk on everybody. So this idea of purity for baseball, to me, to me, again, I want to stress to me, I don't want to necessarily disrespect other people. Um, and if they feel that they really want to take seriously when people have performance enhancing drugs, I've heard good arguments for it. But for me, I'm like, I, purity has never been there in baseball. I mean, the commissioner who oversaw the steroid era is in the Hall of Fame. So to me, it's just a little bit ridiculous. If you're a Giants fan, that's going to make fun of Tatis. Go Google Logan Webb real quick. Like I said, Yankees fans, go Google, I guess, everything. If you are the Marlins and you're talking a big game because you're good this year, go Google D. Gordon, right? Like there's plenty of guys that you can find um, on every team. And I'm not hating those players. I'm not saying that those players are now bad or whatever. I'm just saying... It comes across a little bit weird. It's why someone like myself, why I think it was deserved that the Astros cheating scandal, I kind of stayed away from it a little bit where I was like, yes, players seem to be outraged. I'm going to follow the tune of the players a bit, but I'm also like six years later going to get over it a little bit and I'm not going to be constantly booing and acting like my team has never done anything or will never do anything that is full of cheating as well. I just think that, again, I just think it goes back and forth. And I think it's just a little bit unfair and weird. Um, and that's just kind of my vibe about it. But we're not done, ladies and gentlemen, on this rant about why Fernando Tatis Jr. didn't make the All-Star Game for what I feel are pretty silly reasons. Before we get into it, though, before we get into it, let me just talk to you guys really quickly about something very important, and that is better help. Your boy, Javier, he likes to make jokes during ad reads, but this is no joke. Mental health is very, very important. I know from myself, just a just about a, over a year and a half ago, I had the worst anxiety of my life and I had no idea what was going on and I sought out therapy and I'm, I'm thankfully doing a lot better right now and therapy was a big part of it. Um, it's really cool and look, a lot of times in life, you're so worried about where you're going and you know what's the right path and sometimes you, you take care of others and you forget to take care of yourself and I think that therapy is a good place where it's a you time and again, like I said, BetterHelp can help you out with that. Um, if you're thinking of starting it, give it a try. It's entirely online, designed to be very convenient, flexible, and suited to whatever your specific schedule is, which is great. Um, and all you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire, um, match with, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, just like that. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which is great because I did that myself. And if you're wondering, no, it's not like some sort of insult. You know what I mean? Like that's part of it. You got to find the right person for you. And I love that BetterHelp isn't charging you extra if you don't get the right one immediately through their questionnaire. So that's really great, guys. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash lockdown MLB. Go check it out. And we're back here on today's weird and rambunctious sort of lockdown Padres podcast. Remember, thank you, of course, for making us your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Look, the other part of this is I think that people are being disingenuous about Tatis. I think that people are being told to hate people because they're a cheater or whatever it is. And I'm watching this man do the, do the what, what, what are you doing? Doing a dance after he throws someone out. I remember he did that in Chicago. He is bar none. That's not true, actually. There's a couple guys out there. Ellie De La Cruz somehow already just 
a superstar already. And, and I'm all for it, by the way. I don't think this is unfair. I think shouts to the Reds fans. They went through hell uh, a couple years ago. Like, they're, they're they're living right now. That man is awesome. He's smart, super fast. He's got everything. He's he's just a beast. So, Elliot Cruz is great. But Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna Jr., outside those guys, Tatis is the dude for the sport. I mean, this is a guy who, it feels like, basically broke unwritten rules. It was already on its last legs. He was the straw that broke the camel's back when he hit the hit the 3-0 thing, and almost universally, including some people I don't like. Like, I believe Johnny Bench even commented that Tatis should swing away and do whatever he wants. And Johnny Bench, I'm pretty sure at one point, said after Bryce Harper called baseball like a, a tired sport back at a Sports Illustrated cover store, and then he's like, yeah, you, talking like that, you get some chin music or something like that. So it is very funny to see some old players like kind of turn their, their, their uh, opinions on these things, like change their positions. Um, but... Nonetheless, uh, Tatis hits that 3-0, and universally it's condemned by everybody what the Rangers did, and it was stupid. And it feels like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't see anybody getting thrown at anymore because they flipped their bat, or they stared at the home run, or they did what... I don't see it anymore. Ideal steep moments, Wilson Contreras of the Cardinals getting upset because... Was it Brian De La Cruz of the, another De La Cruz, uh, Brian De La Cruz of the Marlins, like, was just really pumped and, like, shouted something, not not at Contreras, but it was just like a, yeah, like, I don't know, just a moment of, like, hype, I guess, and after he had drawn the walk, and then Wilson Contreras, like, took exception to that, I think it was saying a lot that no one else on the Cardinals came out to, like, support their catcher as he was getting in the face with the Marlins guy, but it just shows you there are still some people out there that are really good showcases of how baseball, bar by far, by far, the softest athletes in any sport. And I, I've said this as someone who has played baseball. Admittedly, I probably shouldn't say that. I played it on a very minor amateur level. But as someone who's been part of baseball for a while and has seen it and seen other sports, it's like, yeah, y'all are soft. You guys get so mad at everything. And we've seen that. And it's a cultural problem with baseball. And Tatis kind of broke that. It feels like he was like the last one. He's super entertaining. When he hits the home run, against the Yankees after they're booing him. And then he does the orchestra as they're booing him. Like he's tuning them to a thing. It's just incredible. The guy sees the moment more than everyone. So I find that a lot of people voting against him or not wanting him are betraying their own desires where it's like, just admit it. He's one of the most exciting players we have. He's a blast to watch. Like we know this for a fact. Like, I just think it's absurd. The idea that you would be like, Oh, well, he took a performance-enhancing drug one time, maybe just to get back healthy faster. And he's a mid-20s... Lo- I, wait, how old is Tatis? Give me one second. How old is this man? I gotta know this exactly. Host of a Padres podcast, everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, how old is he? It doesn't even say. 24 years old. Okay. I figured... I thought he was 25 for some reason. Anyway. So he's 24 years old, and we're all hating on a kid making a bad decision at 23, 24. So, again, that's what I'm saying... Use that same energy. I'd love it for some of the people who do things that are a little bit worse than cheating in a sport. Granted, more nuanced discussion, but I'm just leaving you with that. And that's not the only reason that I think Tatis was left off. The other reason that I don't think gets talked about enough, which is something that I talked about with Miller Thomas last week on our weekly crossover, which we're still planning on doing, that another part of this is this whole, and I mentioned this with Josiah Gray earlier in the pod, I'm with Blake Snell, that everyone has to have a representative. And to me, I think that's ridiculous. Um, I do. And I'm not saying that the players are always awful. I'm not saying that we always get a weird one in there that's pretty bad, but you have to for a team. But there are some where you're looking at like Elias Diaz, and there are some 
you know, realities where, yeah, they have to have two catchers. And they're like, all right, I guess this is a spot where we could just use the the one the one Rockies player that will make it. Okay, we have to have a left-handed pitcher. We need we need another pitcher. We need another relief pitcher. We need another closer. Whatever. I get that. But at the same time, there are still some people in there where it's like you have to have a Philly in the All-Star game. And Nick Castellanos, who's having a good season, he's like 85th in F4. Don't get me wrong. Good player. Great at bat. Doesn't do much for you defensively. He's not a two-way player. And like I said, Tatis is in the top 10. So we're going to leave him out because we just feel better about having Nick Castellanos, who, by the way, I love. That dude was hilarious. I don't know if you guys saw his quote about Scooby-Doo or whatever. It was very funny. He's very funny. I love Nick Castellanos. I don't have a college degree. I hit baseballs. Like, something like that. Like, just incredible stuff for my guy. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he made it. But if what we're talking about is getting the best players, this isn't no... 11th F4 versus 18th F4 player. This is 10th versus the 85th or around there, right? And I think that that is a large enough discrepancy for us to be like, this is a little bit dumb that we're punishing Tati so much because of not just the suspension stuff, even though he served his suspension, unlike, say, some other players that hang around or just, you know, they did horrid things and they barely got any repercussions for it. We see that in sports all the time. Um, Tati served his suspension for his... PED usage, and we're, we move on. And this is something that Manny Machado uh, said as well, where he's like, it feels very political and whatnot. And I'm like, I I agree. I think saying calling things political is almost like a buzzword phrase sometimes, where we just say that to get out of talking about issues. You know what I mean? Oh, that's politics. It's like, I have breaking news for you guys. Literally everything is politics. Um, literally everything, including even this jester hat in some way. Seriously, anything. Um, just some are more profound and more... Um, and greater than others. But anyway, I'm getting a little bit too much on a soapbox. My apologies. Um, so that's my thing. On top of this, feel, me feeling like the PED thing and blaming him for that. And, you know, for a guy who hasn't been that defensive, it's not like he's gone out and been angry. Tatis has handled and said all the right things of this situation. Um, and he's, I just think he's been great. And I think that oftentimes that, blaming players for these type of things and letting it linger for the rest of their career is just a mistake. And I just think that it's, again, it attests to this idea of purity in baseball that I genuinely believe has never existed. So that's my issue with that. Um, And that's why I think Tatis should have been on the all-star team. I think he's one of the most fun players. He's one of the best players, not just in terms of excitement, not just, you know what I mean? Like he also has the stats to back it up. This isn't someone who made it just because of name brand recognition. There's a lot going for him. And don't get me wrong, I have also said before, I'm not in the mood all the time to defend Padres players not making the All-Star team, considering how bad and miserable this season has been in large part uh, for most of it, right? Like, that—that that is my vibe on it. But I really do feel like this one, unlike Blake Snell to a degree, I, I just feel like it's really dumb. I think it's really lame, and I think baseball fans and folks need to get over themselves just a little bit. This is He's one of the guys, and in just 20 less games... Right, like he's done so much more than so many other players. I think he should have been there. Um, I think he's great. I imagine that he's gonna handle this well, though. He didn't voice displeasure. Machado did it for him, right? Like that's. I think it. I, I'm just a little. I'm a little upset. I'm sad. I think that it's really unfortunate that we're gonna miss Tatis being an All Star. It's not the end of the world. The guy's still gonna kill it. Hopefully, having a great second half post All Star break, he'll be even better. Right. But bottom line is, and it's also not the most important, right? Most important is for the Padres to make the playoffs. Bottom line, I do think it is a little bit lame. 
Um, I'm still excited to watch guys like Juan Soto and Josh Hader tonight, hopefully, for the National League. That should be really cool. Or just seeing their interactions with each other. That's always like an underrated fun part. That's a little bit wholesome if you're a baseball fan, just seeing these guys interact with each other. Like Bo Bichette yesterday interviewing Julio Rodriguez, or not Julio Rodriguez, um, Vlad Jr., right? Like, that's really fun. Like, I love stuff like that, and I think it's really cute, and it helps grow the game a bit. Just add a little bit of personality and flair and excitement, and dare I say, memeage uh, to baseball. And I think Tatis has the potential for all that stuff, and they left him off for reasons that I think are just genuine and genuinely weird. Um, you know, I, I, I'd even mentioned like the whole thing about having one player participate. This is a sport that has these teams that don't try every year. One team that said "see ya" in the middle of the season. Like, I just think it's lame. I really do, and I think that if you want a representative of your team, you should tell your owner to go spend some money or just do just play better, do better. I don't think that that should be some given right, particularly in baseball. <sighs> That's basically it, ladies and gentlemen, of this podcast. I don't really have much more to say. Um, I imagine some people might disagree. And if you ha- if you disagree, please leave your comments. I'd love to hear from you. DM me on Twitter. I'd love that. I I don't think I'm like necessarily super dug in deep on this take, but it is genuinely how I feel. And I think that it's um, not that big of a deal, um, but it is how I feel. So, again, leave some comments if you want. Shouts to everybody. I did check in the middle of recording this podcast. We did reach 1,000 subscribers for the YouTube channel. Very, very cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this little old podcast of mine, even though I'm a New Jerseyan covering a team in San Diego. Really wild stuff. I'm really ju- I wonder if there's someone who didn't know I was from New Jersey who's listening to this for the first time and learned it just now. Well, if you did, there you go, uh, friends. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're podcast from, as well as go checking out on the old YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. I think what we're planning to do is a crossover with Ryan Finkelstein of Lockdown Mets, talking about what the Padres and Mets need to do at the deadline, how they're both kind of in weird, precarious, similar, similar, similarly precarious situations. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then my weekly crossover with Millard, where we do another fantasy draft. We haven't decided on which one yet, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be fun since it's the All-Star break. We're going to do a fun one. Um, but until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.